imagine finding out in the morning you're not going to have a head coach and then just being able to turn in one direction or the other and say, oh, yeah, it's all right. We've got another one right here. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Penguins 3, Flyers 2 in overtime. Chris Letang on a breathtaking rush considering his circumstances and then finishing off with a backhand wrap that it took a while to figure out that it was in, but once that happened, the team really enjoyed it. It was quite the celebration on the ice considering how delayed it was. And it was a, I don't know if emotional is too strong of a term, but there were emotions shown by the players and by Todd Reardon after the game. Listen to the Penguins' assistant coach speaking on the day that the team learned that Mike Sullivan became the latest to have a COVID diagnosis and in Sullivan's case, it is symptomatic. Here's what Reardon had to say. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's obviously a difficult scenario. Um, you know, uh, obviously, I'm really hoping that uh, that that um, Mike is feeling better um, and continues to to improve here. Um, obviously, with the with the test, uh, you know, he he was symptomatic. So your first thought is to to worry about someone that you you have a ton of admiration for and respect for and you love working with. And um, that's where that's where my first thought was is uh, about him and and making sure that everything's OK with him and his his wife and his and his family. So, um, you know, once you get past that and then you get into, you know, the job responsibilities, obviously, um, um, you know, Coach Sullivan's done a great job of putting me in the situations and, and, and delegating responsibility to me so that if this were ever to happen, it would be something that um, I wasn't um, uncomfortable or, or not prepared for. So um, fortunately, um, you know, I was extremely confident going in front of our group and, um, you know, having dealt with them in a number of different scenarios uh, uh, last year and um, parts of this year and then even years ago where I've um, worked with these players. So um, obviously it's uh, something I I'm excited about getting the opportunity and um, really proud that uh, the players played as hard as they did for us tonight. Yeah, maybe you had to be in the room. He, he was – you could feel it. You could feel what he was saying and how much it meant to him to, to get this W, how much it meant to the players who came through, uh, Latang, Jake Gensel, Tristan Jari. There was something different about this W. Yeah, some of it, of course, is, you know, three-game losing streak. You can't do that. You can't continue doing that and expect to stay in the playoff hunt as I'd been pounding on the desk here all week long. They needed to get points. They needed to get back to getting points on a regular basis. The Flyers have had a decent start, but this is kind of where you needed to do it. Not no, you know, not ripping the Flyers. That's 
easy enough around here. But you got to start taking them. If you could take them from Tampa, you got to be able to take them from anybody because you've shown how to do it, how you can do it. Now they got to do it again Saturday night against the Minnesota Wild, also at PPG Paints Arena. It's going to be like this for a while. But at least you know, just as you know that whenever you know this defenseman or that defenseman, singular, not this many, goes down, you have someone else to replace them. And just as you know that when you have a Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, whoever out, that you've still got Jake Gensel in your lineup, and Gensel scored a, a big relief goal. And yes, I asked him afterward, that's what that celebration was all about, where he just looked up to the heavens and raised one arm, which I thought was really funny. You still have guys that should be doing things for you. Well, you've also got a head coach. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need, and they in turn need your help. One dollar is all it takes from you to provide five full meals for those in need. Find out how at pittsburghfoodbank.org. For anybody who doesn't know, Reardon was the head coach of the Washington Capitals after Barry Trotz and the Capitals won their first and only Stanley Cup in 2018. And as is the case with almost everyone who's an NHL head coach, you get fired. And he did, although by every account, there's nothing that he did to deserve it. It was more a matter of they just needed to hear a new voice, that kind of thing. And the Penguins, Jim Rutherford specifically, smartly snapped him back up. He came, well, no, I should say he left Pittsburgh with the pedigree of having improved a lot of defensemen. And you'll note the plural there, but it was primarily Latang. Reardon became Latang's almost personal tutor there about a decade ago, really getting him to understand that his game begins on the back end. The foundation is always that he turns defense into offense. That's something that Brooks Orpik had told me a long, long time ago, and I thought he was nuts. You know, we're all thinking of Latang as just this offensive, freewheeling defenseman, and it's okay if he makes mistakes once in a while. And Orpik was like, you're not, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. This is a player who every time... He generates something defensively. He has the capability of turning it into offense. And, oh, by the way, how was that overtime goal scored last night? Did you see where Latang picked up the puck? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't in the offensive zone. It wasn't in the neutral zone. It was way back there. That came from Reardon. And the mutual respect developed there. Reardon, of course, matured into a guy who became respected as a power play ace. He goes to Washington. He's 
a full-time head coach, you know, of a big-shot team with a lot of stars. I always wonder what, what it's like for those guys whenever they, you know, they get knocked down a peg, and they all do. They all do. The most prominent guys who've been head coaches in NHL history have been knocked down. And they've ended up as somebody else's assistant on a bench, and they just keep going. It's really a hockey thing. They just keep going. But for this one night, and obviously for as long as Sullivan is out now, Reardon was back there, and you heard him talk about wanting to make sure that Coach Sullivan's practices, that's the way he was referring to Sullivan, Coach Sullivan's practices and the things that he wants us to do, then I'm giving them a voice, maybe giving them my own voice, but doing it in that manner. This guy's a valuable figure in the Penguins organization. I don't believe that he gets mentioned often enough. And I thought that today, under this circumstance, with this team missing so many guys and its head coach having a three-game losing streak, and then, you know, having the Flyers tie late in regulation, there's a whole lot of goodness out of that outcome last night. When we come back, just one question. Just one question, and that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT and T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com/dk. Our J1Q today is a good one from Walt Harbaugh. Sent after the game, Walt asks, How will Chris Letang be remembered outside of Pittsburgh? Is he considered an elite defenseman throughout the NHL? Walt, a conversation like this is, as you correctly identify, a twofold one because there is a way that you're perceived in your own market. And there's a way that you're perceived in general in the hockey world. Sometimes, believe it or not, it's flipped, where people will think more of a player from the outside than they will on the inside. With Latang, it is the opposite. I mean, I know he's got his detractors here. For the most part, it's it's people who, God, don't get myself in trouble here. They don't know the game. You know, they don't see the things that he does that he does well. Although I do make an effort to call attention to some of that in the written column that I have up this morning on DK Pittsburgh Sports that I hope you'll have a chance to check out. Is he considered an elite defenseman? As always, that depends on how you define elite. Generally speaking, when you're talking about someone who is elite, you're talking about someone who is a candidate, uh, 
for the Hall of Fame. And when you're getting into the kind of longevity that Latang is, and you've got the three Stanley Cup rings that he does, his name absolutely is going to come up. I believe that it'll be a tough case because the Hall wants a defenseman to win a Norris Trophy. That doesn't mean they all do. And it doesn't mean that that's particularly fair. But if you think of the way the Norris Trophy has been awarded for years and years since I was a child, it goes in strings, meaning there's a defenseman who gets it and then keeps it for a while and then passes it on like a baton to the next anointee. And then when it's the next guy's turn and you can really feel it and there's no denying it, then it goes from Chris Pronger to the next person. Drew Doughty will take his turn with it. And everyone will see Doughty as the NHL's best defenseman or Eric Carlson. There's there's really not another award like it in the league that behaves like that. I shouldn't say that. Selkie trophies like that too, best defensive forward. A lot of that's just reputation. No one even does their homework on that one. The Norris people do their homework on, but there's still a lot of people that just very lazily look at the top scores and then they they balance it against top, the top plus minus and then, okay, I'm done, and they seal up the ballot and they send it in. Latang was never going to be that guy. Latang was never going to be the leading scorer among defensemen for the reason that I suggested in the opening segment, as verified by Todd Reardon, Brooks Orpic, and now pretty much Latang himself, that it all starts on the back end for him. And he was never going to be that plus minus guy because he, he is not as much anymore, but he has been. For a long time, prone to the whopper gaff because he has so much confidence, he believes he can get a pass through anybody in any level of traffic. Gradually, Sullivan and Reardon have gotten him to take fewer of those risks, to make sharp, 100%er breakout passes. By the way, he had a couple just gorgeous outlets in the game last night, both of which I highlight in this column that you're going to go read after you listen to this. But he's not going to be a Norris guy, and he's not going to lead the league in scoring, and he's not going to lead it in plus-minus. And now that you have kind of a, a new guy in Adam Fox with the Rangers, and believe me, I'm not knocking Adam Fox. I'm not knocking... Kale McCarr in Denver, there's some outstanding young defensemen in the league right now, and you're going to see the Norris Trophy kind of swim between those guys for a while. So it won't be up to Latang. So if Latang is recognized by the outside, to try to get back to your original question here, as an elite defenseman, he's going to have to be in a hall discussion. And that's going to have to be based a lot on the winning that he's done, on the minutes that he's logged in Pittsburgh, on his longevity with a single franchise, on the very real, very deserved tag that he'll carry as the greatest defenseman in franchise history. 
People used to laugh at me when I called him that a few years ago. Nobody's laughing now. Nobody comes at me with Dave Burroughs and Ulf Samuelson and three years or four years of Paul Coffey or a handful of years of Larry Murphy. You can't compare that to a decade and a half of excellence. A decade and a half of being a team's number one defenseman while they won three championships. Well, I sound like I'm making the case here, huh? Maybe we should just send this podcast out to the whole hockey world. I appreciate the question. Well, that was a really good one, and I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday, I promise. 